Hey there, you're listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. I think we are being rebellious, Jen. Okay. We are. We are rule-breaking podcasters. I know that you like wearing the badge of, I broke the rules, and I'm a rebel. We are badass, rule-breaking podcasters coming at you live. Not really live. (laughs) Previously recorded from weeks ago, straight (laughs) to your podcasting app. Everyone's telling you what you need to do in labor, and we are here to tell you what you're not going to do in labor. That's right. There you go. Watch out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How's so, that? So I bet you are like living on the edge. You're on the edge of your seat, and you're like, "That's right. I'm not gonna do those things." We are. We're not keeping it <laughs> positive today. We're keeping it negative. Here's what you're not gonna do in labor. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So first thing you're not gonna do in labor is to throw out your birth plan because oh, we gotta say throw out your birth plan out the window, of course. That's right. Um, Especially because most of those windows don't even don't, open. They don't open. Yeah. You're also not going to um, start a fire and burn your birth plan or flush (laughs) it down the toilet. Especially because most of the candles are LED. Yes. Yeah. That's not even going to work. There is no fire. There's no windows that open. There is a toilet, but you don't want to clog that because then you got the plumbers in there while you're trying to have a baby. It's just not a good idea. (laughs) And especially if you're having a home birth, you don't want to be like burning your house down or throwing things out the window on people. Hey, listeners, just between you guys and me, I don't think that Jen's ever broken a rule before. <gasps> oh, okay, let me finish. So here we go. So clearly, Do not Jen, Jen, have you th- ever broken a rule? Yes. Do not, th- I'm going to break you in a minute. Don't <laughs> throw your birth plan out the window simply because one thing on there has changed. Oh my goodness. How many times? That's a defeatist attitude. Right. And how many times have you heard somebody say, ugh, well, that half my birth plans changed or that I've already had to give that up. So I might as well throw the whole thing out the window. Uh uh-uh. uh. So, no. okay. For a second, I emotionally see you. I understand. You are frustrated because your hopes and dreams for the way you anticipated your desire for control has been altered. I get that. Humans like predictability. We like to know what's coming. We like to prepare for it emotionally, physically, all of that. Mm -hmm. I get you. I totally understand, or I'm trying to. Um, I give you empathy and understanding, and you're wrong. Because that's throwing out um, control simply because the flexibility that's required of birth, because we got two human beings involved in this process, and we have a physiological process happening inside of our body in which we have the idea we control, but we don't. I can't control, I don't know, the next time I'm going to fart. That's a really dumb. <laughs> wow. But, but you can't, right? But what you're saying is I I lost a little bit of control, so I'm giving up all control. Yes. It's a defeatist attitude of like, great, now it's all going to suck. Right. And because I didn't know, get to pick this thing. And what we know about birth is that if you feel like you are involved in yeah. the decision-making process. And, and you, you feel supported. 
and you feel supported and you feel like you have a sense of control over that decision-making process. It doesn't matter if your birth went as planned that you feel like you had a good birth. Yeah. So it's not about the type of birth that you had. If it fits that birth plan, it feels like if right. you have a, a birth plan that you're handing over, that you're saying, here's what... Here's what I'm communicating. I right. get to communicate about my birth. Right. So don't rip it up. Don't set it on fire or throw it out the windows. Say, you know what? This has changed from my birth plan, but here's how I'm feeling, and I want to make some changes to this. Mm-hmm. So don't let go of your control. Okay. Right. So there's right. your number one. All right. Number two, don't time every contraction. Here's the key word, every We do want you to time contractions here and there because that is helpful information to give your providers. Um, But don't like, oh, honey, I I think I might be starting to have contractions. Should I push the button now, John? Wait, Uh, I can't tell. Has it started? I'm not sure yet. Was Uh, it gas? Give me just a second. Oh, yep, it started. Wait, are you sure? Yep, it started. Nope, it started. Let me know when it's over. I can't tell because you Uh, don't look like you're working that hard. No, I'm, I'm not really sure either when this is ending. Please, people, do not time those contractions. Jen is, well, you are not going <laughs> to, Jen's not going to miss her labor. No. You're not going to miss your labor. And that was not real labor that was, Jen was in, even if there was, even if she was pregnant and in labor, that a baby is not coming out at there's that some, moment. There's some important things happening in my body, possibly. Sure. But in fact, go back to another episode where we talk about your amazing cervix. But that's not, I'm about to have a baby and I certainly need to let my provider know that I am in labor. Uh, no, that there's just your body's figuring all of this out. And what happens when we are, um, when we're keeping track of every contraction is that an experience that we thought, um, was a certain amount of time ends up being a whole nother different amount of time. I'm, I'm thinking about standing in line at the DMV um, in New York as a teenager trying to get my license. I'm serious. <laughs> I must have been four hours, right? But if I am looking at my clock every few seconds and going, I haven't moved yet, of course that experience feels longer. If I got a book with me and I'm trying to get myself um, distracted, that experience feels a lot shorter than all I'm doing is feeling frustrated that I'm not moving in this line. Exact same thing with contractions. Okay. So do not time every contraction. Number three, do not stop eating because the food sounds unappetizing, bad, or you just don't quite feel hungry. It is a rare, rare day, unless you are Elise McAllister, that you feel like eating a buffet during labor. Mm -hmm. Only I eat a pound of bacon and six string cheeses in labor. Mm -hmm. Most people have no appetite during labor. They don't desire food and really feel quite nauseous while they're in labor. It turns out it's a little like the first trimester. You feel nauseous and actually helps to eat a little. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And even if you don't feel nauseous and you're not feeling hungry, please, 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 please take some bites. It's really important to have some fuel. Um, You need a little gas in your tank. Yeah. Uh, We're not talking about you now having epidural and you're hanging out in the bed. A nope, little can't little, have some food then. A little different situation there. But we're talking about a typical person who is in labor and um, maybe your partner goes, oh, you haven't really, I haven't seen you eat any food today. And you go, nah, I'm just not hungry. 
partner, tell that person to eat. It is time to eat. It's Lasagna? not. It is not always listening to your body when it comes to eating. It's actually fueling your body. And lasagna, no, not the best idea. This is not lasagna time. This is string cheese time. Keeping so, it bland. Yeah. So even if you're not eating la- string cheese in your life. Something similar to string cheese. Things yeah. that don't taste like thing, like anything going down, going up. <laughs> Plain yogurt, smoothies, those sorts of things. Yep. We often say save the kind bars for your partner because that is way too much chewing for when you are yeah. in labor. Well, that is way too much chewing. Okay. Number four. Do not decide you won't have enough energy to push your baby out. Oh, could this... Can this be on my list of Elisa's pet peeves? Yep, it definitely can. This is this is my bone to pick for the day. So let's first say you're probably going to feel tired. Everybody feels tired in labor, even if their labor started after they had an awesome night of sleep. Okay. And their labor was short. And it ended before the sun went down. Even... Okay. I mean, you have a hormone in your body that happen, that goes in labor. It's called endorphins. And those endorphins make you feel sleepy, mm-hmm. right? Those endorphins make allow you to fall asleep between your contractions, which is mm-hmm. so cool. Yes. Um, everybody feels that way during labor. And so it drives me crazy when people say, I don't think I'm going to have enough energy to push out my baby or... Actually, it doesn't drive me crazy when a laboring person says it. It drives me crazy when somebody, like a nurse, says it. Because we know that you find that strength. And we know that you get a little bit of adrenaline yeah. when it's time to push. And that helps give you the strength. So I promise you're going to have the power to yeah. do this. And we're not talking about um, some folks who are like really wanting to be active their entire labor. That's not what we're talking about here. You need to have a, a a bit of a mix of I'm I'm walking around, I'm laying around, I'm sitting around, I am moving from side to side, slow dancing. Great. But here's what that pattern looks like is activity, rest, activity, rest. Yes. Okay? So I don't have fear about people not having the energy to push a baby out because they've got all of that hormone, those endorphins in labor that are the feel-good hormones that can make you feel kind of sleepy. And then when it's time to push it out a baby, that's when adrenaline kicks in. And you're like, I got to do this. I'm going to do this. And there's most people experience pushing phase in a different way than trying to cope with contractions. There's more power, energy, all of that 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 finds itself during that pushing stage. It's the last lap. People yeah. People usually like getting through that because like, I'm finally going to be done. And guess what? Your brain is actually connected to your body. They're not two different things. Right. So if your brain is going, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, your body's like, yeah, no, you can't do this. And it responds to those thoughts. So keep it positive. And yes, you're going to have the energy that it takes to have a baby and get that baby out. Okay. Right along with this, number five is do not get stuck in your head with negative emotions. Get back in your body. Okay, this is actually science here, folks. If we get into that hindbrain of our of our part of our brain and we listen to that, it's that intuitive part. It's me sitting here going, oh, digestive food 
you know, food, please digest in my stomach. Oh, make sure you breathe. Oh, um, I happen to be moving. I use my hands to talk. I'm not thinking about moving my hands when I talk. It just happens, right? I'm, I'm not feeling nervous. I am trusting that even though I've slightly prepared for this podcast, <laughs> I am trusting that my brain's going to go, yeah, here's ideas that you've got stored up there. Just let them out. It's okay. I'm not overthinking. I'm probably in my hindbrain of podcasting. Can I make that stretch? Ooh, hindbrain podcasting. So I'm not overthinking it. If I was in my front brain, I might go, oh my gosh, uh, am I going to have enough to say about this podcast? Is my voice sound okay? I am kind of hungry. Oh no. And there's a lot more thinking in it, right? Where I'm not just relaxing into, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do this, right? And the same thing could happen during birth, right? Right. You start to get into that get out of your hindbrain and get into the, oh no, I'm not going to be able to handle the next five minutes, the next two hours, the, you know, what's to come. What if this gets harder? Well, it's going to get harder, but your body's going to also get stronger. The hormones are going to step it up too. And it might even be um, thoughts of what kind of mother am I going to be? I didn't resolve all the issues that I had from my childhood. I'm going to repeat this stuff on my kid. Oh no, how are we ever going to get this kid to sleep at night? Why do we get into this? I'm not even sure I like this person that I'm having a baby with much because they're not figuring out very well how to support me right now. That's a lot of work to do in labor. That is a lot of work to do in labor. Whereas if I'm choosing to stay in the moment and coping with this moment and using some skills to um, help me feel good in this moment, then that's staying present and not um, getting into that overcritical thinking. There's some... um, I'm into this thing called the Enneagram and it's all about like personality typing and so on. And there's a few of us who have these personality types where we tend to get into our head and do self-doubt rather than having belief in ourselves and our um, our natural gifts and abilities as well as looking back at our past and see how we've gotten through things. We get stuck in the self-doubt in our brain and don't live in our heart. So what we're encouraging you to do is get out of your brain and into your heart and your body and allow that process to happen without fighting it with negative thoughts. Mm. All right, moving right along. Number six, get to the hospital too soon. You know what? Hospitals are great places. Birth centers, amazing. Great, great, lovely people at those places. And they're they're not necessarily the best place to be um, at some points of your labor. Right. You just get one room. You don't get to like, it's not a hotel. Nope. So you don't get to visit the pool or the sauna or, you know, hot tub. You can't go to the restaurant or bar. Yeah. <laughs> it could get kind of cool. boring in there, right? Yeah. So you just look at the same four walls. Yep. You can walk around the hallways, but to be quite honest, the, the halls are not that long. You can't no. go too far. No. So is it going to make the birth go any faster to be at the hospital? No. Probably what it does is psychologically you go, it feels like it's progressing because I changed my location. Right. 
But then once you change that location, you want it to progress. And when it doesn't, then psychologically, it kind of starts to go the other direction. Right. Potentially. So So we want you to listen to what your um, provider has told you as far as an indication of when you're supposed to show up at the hospital or birth center, depending. Um, And we don't want you to, I guess what we're trying to say is what, ask yourself what's at the hospital that I don't currently have right now at home. Right. And if you are hoping to be unmedicated, if you don't want the medication there, then you don't need to leave home until much later. Because if you're at a hospital, you're actually saying, yes, I choose to have some um, information gathered on me. So that probably means you're being monitored, meaning the baby's being monitored. Your vital signs are being done. Um, So I guess to ask what's there that's not here, maybe if you've had some anxiety. And we're talking again to the like, your typical normal pregnancy, everything is, you know, pretty normal. Um, this is, there's going to be special instructions for special people, right? But we're talking your average person. Um, people don't want to go home from the hospital. It is the walk of shame. Oh, it's hard. The walk of shame. Where you're like, the walk of shame of birth. You hang your head low and you walk out and you leave and you go, well, that was a nice prep for that, that, didn't happen um i also want to normalize you know um elise called her birth team to her house because that's where she was planning to have her baby um and they all came too early and she had to send them away i will also raise my hand two weeks two weeks early oh yeah so i also visited um the hospital with my first two children on a little bit of an early like yeah no that's not progressing contractions those are just other things um with both children and eventually they those babies came out um so we we know what that's like we know what what it's like to leave we've done Um, the walk of shame we've paved the walk of shame for you so there's no judgment there we we have plowed and paved and painted the walk of shame. Yes, we have. Okay, number seven. Number seven. Ooh, getting all serious, like Seven. Don't stay in bed the whole time. The whole time of what? In labor? Yeah. Okay. Because postpartum. in labor, Jen. What'd you do? Fall asleep? Wake up? Postpartum, a week later? You can stay, uh, you can stay in bed. Well, but in course. labor, in labor, don't stay in bed. Don't stay in bed. Why? Well, gravity is your buddy here. Oh, gravity. I like her. I do, too. Gravity is totally female. Oh, totally. Yeah. Gravity. She is a is force. She pulls. Literally. She keeps you grounded. Right? She's a strong force that keeps your feet on the earth. Yep. And your baby descending. Woohoo! Even if your plan is to have an epidural. Yep. Leading up to that epidural, yep. you better get your booty moving. Yes. What 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 you gonna do to move that booty? <laughs> the best part of this is nobody can see, but we're no, moving our booties. We're moving our booties. Um, I'm I'm thinking of all these cool like social media ones of like doctors who are like uh, having their clients get up. There's a cool like Facebooky thing going oh, around. Oh, where they're dancing their they're babies dancing out. They're dancing their baby out. And like twerking yes. their babies out. Totally. I can't work no so that would never work no but i can do a, a mean side to side lunge type thing 
I do the most humiliating floss you have ever seen. Oh, you could floss your baby out. It is a side. Like, if you put that a is. foot up on a stool, you could totally floss totally. that baby out. Yeah. My floss looks a lot like Pee Wee Herman's dance. Oh, you are dating people. People might even not know who Pee Wee Herman is. He just had a movie out a couple years ago. Uh, he totally did. Did he? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just watched it. The Big Adventure? No. That was like It was like a holiday ago. movie, but I don't know that there was a Okay, hol- we digress. Whatever. <laughs> we want you to keep your moving your body because we want your baby to kind of get down into the pelvis right and further down into the pelvis and um moving in labor can actually make your labor progress very differently than if you're laying around so you probably heard our podcast before in which we talk about um resting and moving so in early labor moving around um is we don't want you to do an aerobics, right, in early labor. We want you to rest. We want you to save your energy. We want you to not get too excited, pretend it's not happening, ignore it, all those good things. But right. as we move into like, oh, wow, I got to pay attention to this labor, then yes, we do want you moving. We want you using that gravity. We want you to think about maybe some like side-to-side lunges during a contraction. We want you to think With about- With a foot on the stool. <laughs> yep. I love that one. Slow, um, slow dancing with a partner. Um, just some of that moving. Um, so gravity is your friend. Gravity is your friend. You might consider sitting on a toilet. Oh. Yep. The toilet. Gravity is your friend. Even if you don't like it, that's going to help. It is. Okay. That brings us to number eight. Don't Ooh. rule out positions just because they felt uncomfortable the first time or the last time you tried them. At least that was a little like as clear as mud. You reading a script over there? Come on. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I literally just read that. I know. Okay, here's the deal. Don't just rule something out because last time it really hurt. So you're talking about like a position like, oh, uh, like here I am lunging. Like, hey, Jen told me to sit on the toilet. Oh, oh, oh that really brought a lot of pressure down into my vagina. Uh, I'm never doing that again. And uh, then four hours later, uh-huh, I said it, four hours later. You need to sit on the toilet to bring that baby down. Okay. Don't say, there's no way I'm doing that because it hurt the last time I was mm. told to do that or tried it. Sure. Because it might actually work. Yeah. And just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean it's not working. Right. Oh, I'm just slipping in like a, that would be number 8.5. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so the point could be here, guys, is to actually bring contractions on more consistently and stronger. That is your friend. That is going to help a baby uh, come out mm-hmm. in a more efficient way. Uh, notice I didn't say faster, in a more efficient way, because right. we can't promise you this stuff. And we want you to find some comfort, but also realize that the point of labor is not to feel comfortable the entire time. It is to cope, but not necessarily. There, there might not be that absolute perfect comfort feeling. Right. So you got an epidural. Sure, great, awesome. Providers are going to be um, encouraging you to flip from side to side, right? Yes. They might even have you sit up almost like in a throne type position where it's your even legs. Called- throne yes. position. I always want to call it the, the, the crown position. I'm like, yes, <laughs> a 
let's get you up sitting in a crowd position. I'm like, That's wait. so weird. Because I equate, like, sitting on the throne with a queen, and so I call it a crown. I Weird. <laughs> My brain doesn't work very well sometimes. Anyway. Especially at 2 a.m. If you're right? ever at a birth theater, I'm like, let's get you into a crown position. What I'm really talking about is sitting up. Jen wants your baby to crown. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> so um, with an epidural, that is something that you can do. Um, of, And what, again, what you're doing is helping to bring gravity, right? Where if the top of my body is sitting up versus laying back, um, I'm putting some, some more encouragement of baby to come further down into my pelvis. So moving frequently with an epidural and by frequently, you might lay on one side for an hour and then flip over to the other side for an hour. You might sit up in that crown or throne <laughs> position <laughs> for like an hour. Now everybody's calling it the wrong term because you just got it stuck in their this heads. This is how my head works. You, you look like a queen. You're sitting on your throne. So, so now everybody is going to their birth asking for the crown position. I know. And I know. There isn't a nurse if or doula s- that has any idea what they're talking <laughs> if about. If you sit on the throne, you will crown your baby. Ha, ha, ha. There we go. <laughs> so um, the point here, um, do not just lay there through your labor. Right. Move. If you want to be nice and cozy, don't get into labor. Well, I mean, not that being <clears throat> pregnant is nice and cozy. But I mean, right. right, the point of labor is to not get nice and cozy. Right. To get a baby out. Yeah. Get to work. And we want you to have support and comfort sure. measures. Notice they're comfort measures, not necessarily out of paid measures. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Deep hashtag bags. copyright somebody quick. Yeah. Wait, say that again. What was that? I forget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was important. Though. It was super important. We'll probably have to replay that one so I can make a bumper sticker. Wait, what did you just say? Seriously, it was... Uh, they're not comfort measures. They're, or they are comfort measures. They're not get out of pain measures. There we was go. Was that oh, it? That was it. Oh yeah. Quick, Hashtag. write that down. Quick. <laughs> hashtag. Huh. Alisa's something. scrambling for paper. We don't even oh, know how to use hashtags. I, but... I don't either. Ah. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Remember that. Okay. Number nine. Okay. This number is nine. A biggie. It's a biggie. Not do as big n- as that deep thought I just had. Though. Yeah. Right. Do not. We repeat, do not, do not have your entire family, clan, or Friends, tribe. male person, neighbor. All of those people waiting in the waiting room for you to have this baby. Ugh. Or at your house if you're having a home birth. Or in another part of the birth center if you're having your baby in the birth center. Don't have them sitting around anywhere in close proximity to your birth area on another side of a door. There we go. So, at least... We should do some sort of, like, backwards reporting. When... I thought you were going to say we need to do some cool-down meditation because we feel really fired up. Should no. we just sit no, no, into, no, like, no. a... No. Um, no can no. we have some, like, deep breathing for no, a moment? No, deep breathing. I, I, I need... Can we pause this and deep breathe for no. a moment while no, I no. calm down? No. How... Tell me the history. When is it that we started inviting family to a waiting room to see our baby as soon as they're born? Why do we think that's the norm? I hear crickets. Do you hear crickets? I have no idea. Okay. Also, so yeah. we're not sure where that came from. Why? What? When? I don't know. I but mean, in, was there a time where birth was like 10 minutes long? So it makes sense when somebody has like a surgery, right? Um, yeah, because you're like. You, you go yeah. there and you sit there and you wait and you have a family member come and sit and wait, right? Plus, but even, they, 
You get in there quickly and you get to see them right after. Oh, but may but maybe not because it depends on the type of surgery. They don't right. want a lot of people in there because it's too much uh, interaction. What do you call that? Uh, it requires too much, right? Well, yeah. So interesting. But they don't need to bond with anybody else after their surgery. Like right. you don't go in for like True. a, a – I don't know. It's a, a, Let's pick a surgery. I know. An appendix I'm... removal? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking that. It seems so. <laughs> I just didn't verbalize it. Less, less serious. Yeah. On the so toe. yeah. when you're, you're in for your appendix, you're not, like, going to then bond with your appendix no. after the removal. So it's okay for someone to see you, I'm guessing. Right. I don't know. I still have mine. So uh, it's okay. But after the baby, you need to have some time with your baby. So let's, yeah. okay, okay, let's paint this picture. Yep, okay. paint it. See, I still need that like moment of meditation. I need a I little all Okay, here. deep breath. Breath. Okay, everybody take a moment. I'm gonna let my take shoulders... a deep breathe. <laughs> did I just say that? No, I did. Okay, I was trying oh, to say. I need deep you to do let me for a second okay. into like my calm space, Jen. Okay, you guys, here's the thing. Let's walk it back. You're in labor. Labor mm-hmm. takes time. Yep. So your family, your friends, and your male person are all in the waiting room. They are waiting for you to give birth. It takes hours. It's 2 a.m. They're tired. I have seen a lot of waiting rooms. None of them have, um, you know, big, comfy, cushy, Mm-mm. fluffy couches. Not full in of... labor and delivery. Possibly no. other parts of the hospital, but not anywhere close to labor and delivery. No, because they're, they want you to get out. Yeah. They don't want you to be there. They're not – they don't love – male people hanging out in their waiting rooms careful with that you mean a male carrier not a person who is male correct (laughs) (laughs) all these poor males out there no we don't want you male with an eye Okay, thank you. Sorry. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks male for that. Male carriers. They do not. So, that's, um, yes, that's that's the word I've been looking for. So why we don't do, want male carriers. Why is family in the waiting room? I'm going to answer my own question. Wait. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Let, I got I to gotta oh. finish my story, oh, Jen. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. <sighs> I didn't read the room right here. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. So then hours and hours go by, and you have this baby, and then this baby comes out, and they got to check out your vagina. Oh. Sometimes your vagina needs some stitches. Yep. And then you got to figure out how to breastfeed if you're going to breastfeed this baby. And then you need some water and some bites of food. And you need to bond with your baby for the golden hour, which, hey, might be a good thing to talk about Even on our podcast. Even longer than just an hour. Probably yeah. by the time all this happens, it's more like two. Right. And then if you have a partner that's with you, they might want to also hold this baby for more than an hour. They mm-hmm. probably would like to bond with this baby. Yep. So now some hours have passed. So all the hours of your birth and now the hours of the postpartum when you each would like time to bond with this baby. And now you're all tired. You've had some food and you're tired and you get to have a nap and your baby is going to sleep. And you're like, whoo, we missed a full night of sleep. And it's like four o'clock in the morning and everybody's tired. Right. Why are these people in the waiting room? Mm. What are they doing? Wouldn't it be awesome if instead if they were in their own beds, you all got like a little nap yep. while your baby was napping. And then at like, I don't know, 7 a.m., they came and they brought you the most delicious breakfast you've ever had. And then they held your baby while you ate your most delicious Excellent breakfast. Excellent idea. I know. Genius. So 
if this is a cultural norm in your family that people oh, come to the hospital I go back to my or birth homes. center or home, can can we like talk about the reality of what that looks like? Right. How it's a bunch of people sitting around for hours and hours getting tired and that it's not really that necessary? In really, really uncomfortable chairs with a TV that yes. has nothing good on it right. and magazines from 1997. So true. For sure. They're only from 1997. <laughs> you got something against 1997? <laughs> Come no, on. Yeah, it was a good year. Yeah. I didn't mind that year. I liked 97. Probably some of our listeners were being born that year. Oh, my Lord. Well, they would be. I got engaged 22 in right now. 97. So. <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully this doesn't sound judgy, although I think we are kind of judgy here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Only on this episode. We're much nicer on our other episodes. Yeah, but stay, like, it, if you got questions about this, like, give us a ring. A or, ring? Not a ring. Give us a shout. An Kate. email. Um, or uh, we really let us want, know on our social media. Yeah, we really want to explain this concept, just that we don't... Um, it's our personal mi- personal mission to make sure that family's not exhausted uh, um, after our baby's born. And this idea of bonding people, uh-uh. There's a whole lifetime to bond to this baby. It but is fine. You and your partner should totally get to have your time to bond yeah. before all the mail carriers and neighbors get to get in there. And I'm joking. Of course. I'm talking about all of your in-laws and your family and your cousins and all those people who expect to be in there. And I know it happens. We all do it. I did it to some family. I was sitting out there. We've done it. But don't do it. Break the cycle. And now let's all just take a big breath and know that you're going to send them all home to sleep and they will bring you amazing food. Ah, there. There's your big breath. Yes. (sighs) Okay, let's move on. Number final number ten. Number ten. We're good at like keeping it ten. Drum roll, please. Number ten. Don't. Don't get nervous about pooping. Oh, pooping. Which type kind of pooping? The in labor or the afterwards? This is all in labor, Jen. Oh yeah, sorry. I told you this like four times. I am so sorry. Like Jen didn't even know we were recording. Oh man. (laughs) Okay, fine. So don't get afraid of pooping in labor because. Honestly, you're probably going to. Yep. For and those, can we sing it? Can we sing it? One, two, three. Every. I didn't know what we were singing. <laughs> Every. One, two, three. Everybody poops sometimes. I'm so so sorry. here's the reality. I've never seen in front of people, and for Aww. some reason, because this is you just do a microphone. Karaoke? No, I actually don't. I love watching other people do karaoke. Oh my gosh. But because you're just a microphone, people, and you're not real faces. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, so you are real faces, but I don't know your let, faces. Let's tell these faces about their pooping. So here's the deal. A baby is going to get really close to the organ that holds your poop. Your rectum. Ooh, and there's more singing. It's going to squish. And anything that is in that space. Not lasagna. Ooh, I'm just is, is going to come out your bum hole, otherwise known as your rectum. And this is just fine. Do you know why? It's actually making more space for that baby to come through. Yeah. So it's probably going to happen. There isn't room for lasagna in your baby. But you know what? You're not eating lasagna in labor. You're eating like string cheese. So you get like little poo nuggets. 
There's just tiny little bits of poo. So when's that going to come out? Oh, you're pushing and you're pushing in the right spot and you're effectively pushing. And so that baby's getting lower and closer to that rectum. And so some stuff that's in there might come out. So not typically like you emptying your bowels like you might sitting on the toilet, more like a little bit here and a little bit there. Right. As the baby gets lower in the rectum, anything that's been like close to the anus, that's right yep. there, just that little bit there. That Think about a toothpaste tube. Yep. Yep. We've got, if you want to hear like the whole deal, go back to our episode talking shit. Mm-hmm. And we've got the whole explanation on how it works out. And you can even hear our own personal stories of pooping. So here's, definitely listen to that if you've got more questions around it. But just the the skinny here is that, um, <laughs> the skinny poop is that. Um, it was such a graphic I thought know, there. That the was graphic. Poop. What was I actually going to say? Oh. Were you going to do toothpaste? No, that your provider is going to just take a little wash cloth and just kind of wipe that away and you won't even notice in fact she will probably or will be he will do it whatever gender this person is that's providing you care it's just going to take a quick little washcloth take that away and you probably won't even see it because your eyes are closed while you're pushing and you're not even going to smell it because it's not lasagna no 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 it's, it'll be fine. And everybody does it. And us providers or people that support people at birth, we don't even notice. I we don't never e- notice anymore. Because okay, sorry. Like- I'm going to retract that. I notice. That's why I'm talking about it. But I'm I'm really internally thinking, awesome. She's pushing. This is great. I feel like less and less I'm noticing, though, because providers are doing yeah, perineal true. support in a true. way that covers up the bottom. That's very true. Because they don't want partners to see. Yeah. So I don't always notice. There's a lot going on. And I don't think that so true. people in labor are yeah. noticing because it feels like it more than it's happening. So... So don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. You're normal. Wow, we were so bossy. Things you're not going to do. I know. I like it. We though. told we're you we were so... going to encourage you to break rules, and yeah. instead we were really bossy. But it's okay. You're going to be rebellious. You're not going to do any of those things. You're going to go in there, and you're going to be like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna feel nervous. I'm not going to let people stay anywhere near my hospital room <laughs> or anywhere on I'm birthing. I'm not going to be nervous about pooping. I'm not timing all of those contractions. I'm not even going to time half of my contractions. And I will not flush my birth plan down the toilet and require a plumber. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, that's All right. right. I see your rebellious side. I sang to you because I can't see your face, but I see you. I see you, and I see your rebellion. <laughs> everybody thank you so much for tuning in today and um go go do the 10 things we told you not to do okay don't do them wait, wait no do them oh shoot do them i don't, I don't know. know yeah whatever it is interpret them as you will <laughs> make hey, them your own here here's something you can do though oh oh we'd like to invite you along on things you can do okay we would like for you to follow us on social media oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a good idea say nice things to us we want to be your friend and we would like for you to subscribe to whatever way you listen to us on on your little app because did you know it's actually free to subscribe yeah that's right and we can see you subscribing isn't that cool we can also see what country you live in 
All right. Awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Pushing It today. We look forward to you next time. Bye. Bye.